All right, this is episode 22. I'm about to have Luke Heaney in on the podcast from the band 1988. And that name probably sounds familiar to you if you heard about that guy who climbed the Ambassador Bridge. Yes, you heard that right. He climbed the Ambassador Bridge to hang a banner of his band's name at the very top. And actually, he was up there for quite some time. Um, I can't wait to share this story and not only the story about the bridge climb, but about his inspiration and his music and his lifestyle and everything that he's doing from climbing the fucking bridge to, you know, just inspiring other people to go after their dream. Let's do it. Here we go with Luke Heaney. Please listen carefully. Alrighty. Love it. How long have you been doing this, by the way? Um, I've had Lemon Soul for about a year. Cool. Ooh, a year in May. So a couple months after cool. that. Your I branding's awesome. Do you do it all yourself? Thanks. Yeah. Well, I'm not the logo. I okay. do all this, like, everything yeah. online is me. Um, but, but, like, my... the copy and everything and, like, like in terms of, like, the ver- like the, like, how you, like, everything you do is very branded and, like, Lemon awesome. Soul. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's all, yes. like, so consistent. Yes. Like, it's so sick. Yeah, like, all my Instagram yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all me. That's cool. I, I just love things to look aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. But then sometimes I'm like, fuck. And I have to keep this up. And yeah, I have to yeah. make sure it all looks the same. But I want to post something that has more blue in it. Shit. Right? So I just change it when I feel like it. And yeah. go with the flow. But a friend of mine I grew up with did, like, the logo himself. Yeah, And yeah. he's fucking awesome. I is the consistency part the of it, like, your heart, like, the hardest thing? It's just, like, staying consistent? Um, or is that easy? You know what? I've gotten pretty lax with it because mm. I'll be like, you know what? I just feel like putting blue in. And I'll be like, all right, I'm going to start blue today. I don't yeah. really – it's not a – Right now, it's not really a business for me, yeah. so it's not like I have, like, income coming sure. in for it yep. much. It's more just, like, me having fun yeah, and, like, yeah. talking to people yeah. and hanging out and, awesome. you know, selling like some weird boxes and, you know, Sick. I don't know. <laughs> it's not anything, like, crazy, so I don't, again, I don't really put too much pressure on it, which yeah. is why, even with the podcast, a lot of podcasts are, like, I've got to put one out every week. Right. And I'm, like, that's so much work. Yeah, and I work, like, nine, or eight to five, so, yeah. you know, when I'm, like, when I can get one in, when I can schedule someone in, I'll do it then. Yeah. I want it to be like because I enjoy doing it. Right. I've sh- I shot photography for a long time oh, cool. and then ended up like hating it because I did it so often. So I was like, I don't want this to happen with this. Yeah, yeah. Where but your I, hobby ends up becoming your obligation. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I got to that point. Yeah. So yeah, we can chat about all that stuff. That's cool. I'm going to put a just a timer on. Yeah. Cool. We don't have to stop at an hour. I just like all to right, just, cool. it'll go off just to kind of tell us where we're at. Dope. So then we can. Uh, who does your printing? Printing as in like this? Um, that is um, Vistaprint. Oh, you're really? yeah. I just no way. yeah. I do a lot of I like, like. It's just yeah. easy. Yeah. Those the stickers are die cut from. Oh, really? It's like a sticker mule. Oh, really? And they have, so I bought those yeah, full price. Good. And then they send you like emails for like, oh, today you can get 50 coasters for $10. Oh, I was actually, like, what the fuck? That's crazy. Know, but then I want to buy everything. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. They hook you in. It's like, <laughs> like I just want to buy And then just the add things. this for an extra Yeah, five. exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's like 100 bucks every time. Yes. That sounds cool. about right. All right, Coolio. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. <sighs> Alrighty, welcome to the Lemon Soul Studio. Thank you so much, guys. For having we're me. <laughs> here with Luke. Am I gonna say it right, Henny? Oh, you're so close. Fuck. It's uh, pretend there's an A in there. Where? In the, <laughs> in the first, it's Heeny. It's Heeny. Heeny. Okay, yeah. okay. 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 Everybody always says that. It's either Henny or Haney. Okay. But, or Henry. There, there's a million. But yeah. <laughs> That's alright. We we gotta clarify now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. For those of you that don't know, 
Luke recently climbed the Ambassador Bridge <laughs> and, you know, put up a banner with his band's name on it, and it was all over the news, and now it's about to be all over the Lemon Soul podcast. Yes. Thank and you so much for having me in. <laughs> my, you're welcome. Thank you for coming. And, you know, you're across Canada touring, yeah. going to every fucking radio station. So thank you for coming and taking some time uh, for, like, this little podcast. Of course. Well, this is awesome. I appreciate you having me so yes. much. So My first yeah. question. Yeah. Did your parents know you were climbing the Ambassador oh, that's Bridge? that's so funny. Okay, it's funny because no one's asked me that yet. You're actually the first person to ask me that. <laughs> that was my, my first thought. I was like, yeah. my dad would fucking kill me if he yeah. knew that was my plan. So <laughs> it's crazy because I have, like, the most supportive family in the world. And uh, I actually, about two months before doing the bridge climb, um, I actually brought it up to them and I said, hey, this is what I'm planning on doing and I know it's crazy. Uh, but here's why I'm doing it. And they didn't, they couldn't support it in the sense of like, we're gunning for you to do it. Like, that's a sick idea. But they were like, we totally understand your reasoning behind it. Okay. And so we grew up, like when I grew up, I grew up in like, um, doing like board sports and stuff. So, and my dad was always one that was always pushing us a lot. And so we were, we had the freedom to do basically whatever we want in the country. And so we grew up, my brother and I always pushing each other's limits. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful for their support, but yeah, they did know. They did know, and I actually texted them right before I went up and uh, they knew the day and the time that it was gonna happen, so. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I don't. I've never been in that position as a parent, so I'm sure one day I'm gonna recognize that. Holy shit! Like that's crazy to understand where they were at when I told them that. Yeah. To be that, able to be like. That brings up a thing. side note. I yeah. have a little congratulations uh, for thank you. you. <laughs> I'm gonna tell be a dad. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be a dad, and actually, I am like so so excited. It was a beautiful accident, and uh, I'm I'm 31, so. Um, I've always wanted to be a dad, but it, I guess there's never like a time where you're right. it's right to mm -hmm. be a dad. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, so it's very early stages, but yeah, we don't know a boy or girl Yay. or twins. Or there's twi a joke about twins. So. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Double whammy. It, yeah, it could go anyway. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm going to be a dad. That's so. exciting. Okay. So now that you know you're going to be a dad, yeah. do you have a dad perspective on climbing the bridge? Um, like what if your son, came, son or daughter, I guess at this point yeah. came to you and was like, Hey dad. I'm going to climb the bridge. Okay, so <laughs> I feel like legally right now, because I have a pending court date, I have to say that I cannot support climbing the bridge to anybody that hears this. It's You have to understand how risky that is. It's absolutely... Um, you're, you're risking your life. Like, honestly, like, the, the consequences that could have happened in that, I could have died. And I was prepared to die, and this is crazy, but I was prepared to die for 1988 in terms of what the project is about. And so I fully knew that risk when I did what I did. Uh, from a dad perspective, um, I want to raise my kid to just be able to chase their dreams. And so I had that growing up and I'm always will be grateful for that. And I can't do anything except return that and, and preach that to everybody else. So uh, whatever crazy idea that might be, uh, I don't condone breaking the law, but whatever ideas and dreams you dream, just go for them. That would be my advice to my kids. So, you know, if they could support their logic and be like, look, I understand the risk. And if they mm -hmm. came to me and and I would ask them, hey, do you realize like you can die? You can lose everything you built over the last seven years in terms of business and whatever. And they said yes, and they're okay with that. Well, then at the end of the day, you know, 
that's their heart condition and they got to go for it. Yeah. Or that's you're going like, to live in regret, right? So. Yeah, that was like yeah. kind of like way a little heavy on my hair when you're like, yeah. I would like, I knew like I, you were prepared to die for that. Yeah. It, there's a funny joke. Uh, I don't know if it was a joke or just how people were dealing with it. But um, when I was about to go up, uh, my girlfriend, Dee, uh, who's pregnant, um, who's was like. absolutely stunning, oh, by the way. Thanks. Oh my gosh, you too. <laughs> yeah, she's cool. Um, she was like, uh, well, at least I'm carrying your legacy. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure to video it in case anything happens. So like, thanks, babe. Yeah, and there's oh, like things, man. and she's like, I'm only joking about it because it's the only way that I could process it yes. and deal with it. Yeah, yeah. What was her yeah. perspective like? She's the most supportive person in the world. Like honestly, um, I, I can't like, I can't describe how supportive she's been about everything. Like mm-hmm. the tour, she's been on the whole first leg of the tour. She's been rocking it on a on a basically a seatless jeep because we gutted it and so she has been like the jeep the jeep has had so many problems we've had like a leaky roof we've had uh leaking transmission fluid we had now a differential that's totally obliterated and she's been such a sport through all of it and um yeah she's amazing but her perspective it was funny because ctv interviewed her when they came in to interview me and um they cut her whole part and it was so sweet what she said about like Aww. you know it's about it's not so much that she even agreed with like the craziness of what I was doing, but she understood it and and hoped that it could inspire people to go after their dreams, as crazy as they might be. And at the end of the day, you know, nobody makes waves by staying in their box. Yeah, so, that's yeah, she, she's sure. cool. She's awesome. I, I love her. I love following <laughs> you guys on Instagram. I'm like, Thanks. look at this couple. They're so adorable. And it's crazy because we kind of got thrown into it like pretty quick, right? So we're like. Like, we we haven't known each other a long time. Okay, and, how long have you guys uh, been together? We've been together, I would call it now, I guess, a couple months, two okay. months. So it's very early, <laughs> and so that's why I say it was a, a beautiful accident. Um, the amazing thing is we get along so great, and um, she, I, like I said, she's I, I, I can't describe how supportive she is. Like, What do you amazing. love most about her? What do I love most Sorry, about her? Sorry, I'm going to get all soft. Yeah, no, that's okay. Because I love love. <laughs> uh, the thing that I love most about Dee is her heart. Um, when we were first hanging out, uh, our studio, um, from the media, so like I have a, a media company, uh, mm-hmm. we shoot video and stuff. And so the studio where we also track drums, um, is in a really rough area. It's a ghetto. Mm. We call it the fringes of Walkerville, all but right, let's right. be real. It's the ghetto. <laughs> and uh, there were like bodies pulled out of our back alley, or not our back alley, but the one right beside ours, like the two already this year. <laughs> so it's a vibrant neighborhood. Oh, man. Uh, but the, one of the first nights we were hanging out, there was a girl that was very distraught. Like she was off a rocker, like high as kite. And uh, she'd had, like, some problems. She got kicked out of her house and whatever. And Dee had no obligation to help this person at all. We were just walking back to the studio from Winology, a bar down the road. And uh, she spent, like, 30 minutes, like, talking to this girl, gave her money to be able to get home. And, like, this is the one of the first nights that I met her. And I was like, there was no reason for her to do any of that. And it just, like, showed so how sweet of a person she was so that's yeah it touched my heart and I was like wow that's like the most like selfless thing ever she's very selfless I'd say yeah. that would be like the thing that I love the most about her oh, you got a good girl on your yeah. hands yeah. boy <laughs> she's a cutie <laughs> and she loves me like she's so into like bands or like her thing she's very creative very artsy and uh, she's really good at painting so oh my god yeah. I can't wait so I I'm gonna follow her on Instagram you now. should like her, she's so like uh, not timid, but very like reserved with how talented she is, and um, humble. Yeah, she's got like mm-hmm. she's a very. I feel like there's lots of layers to her. It's like chipping away at layers. Are you peeling them back one? Yeah, the peeling them back. There's <laughs> lots to learn. So yeah, awesome. Yeah. All right, cool. so I want to ask about the charges 
Oh, yeah. Was it just from the Canadian side or the yeah. American side? What, how did that uh, happen? Yeah. So um, the charges, so it, believe it or not, like there was a lot of, I, I okay, backstory. If you can even, yeah, if you can, yeah. I don't even know how I much you can say, say or not say. I can say. say what I'm charged with because public knowledge at this point, all the news agencies have broadcast it. So <laughs> um, the backstory to this is before doing the whole thing, I, I was like, what is the craziest thing I could do that, that was calculated enough to not hurt somebody and that most of the risk ended up falling on myself. So I didn't want to, like, I know to some people they think that I endangered a lot of people, but at the end of the day, like, there were a lot of precautions taken to make mm -hmm. sure, like, for example, if I'd fallen off, I wouldn't have hit anywhere near where traffic was going. And, like, regarding the banner, like, I had safety ties to make sure that the banner wouldn't fly off. So there were, like, a lot of things that were yeah. calculated. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, in regards to that, like... Um, the charges themselves, uh, I'm charged with mischief under 5,000. So um, it's a charge similar. It is still, a, a, people would say, a serious charge. Um, maximum penalty, I believe, would be two years in jail. Um, but um, I have, like, I'm a first offender. So okay. I, I don't, I'm not, I don't have a legal history of breaking the law. Okay. Um, yeah. And so uh, also because there's no malicious intent. Like, this is what's so tough is when I got back down to the bottom of the bridge, um, the four, three of the four arresting officers I knew, um, our company services, the Windsor police, and I have hold them in the highest regard. My grandfather was on the force. I have nothing but great things to yeah. say about the police. So, um, the crazy thing is though, when they, when they arrested, well, I wasn't arrested when I got to the bottom, when I got to the bottom of the bridge, there's some mis conceptions there because all the news agencies said that I tied up all these resources. The reality was there wasn't a single officer there until after I got to the bottom. And if it wasn't for the Ambassador Bridge um, contractors that were there that removed the ladder, I would have walked away from the bridge, went back to my studio, and had to deal with whatever came up later when they saw there was a banner right. hanging off the bridge. And so... Um, three of the four arresting officers I knew, uh, like I had had prior dealings with them in a in a um, work capacity, not mm -hmm. in a, not yeah. in a legal <laughs> criminal capacity. Yeah, and uh, so they didn't know if they were even charging me. So I sat at the bottom. I had a backpack with me, and I was like, "Do you guys mind if I have a granola bar? Like I'm pretty hungry. Um, I'm gonna get some stuff." They're like, "Oh, you're fine." And they, they were, they were. Joking about how crazy it was. Obviously, they knew the severity of yes. it was coming, but they were there was no malicious intent, and they even said that they're like, "We understand there was no malicious intent here. We don't know what we're doing with you yet, so hang tight for a few minutes. We need to find out if we're charging you and what you're charging being charged with." And from that, uh, again, five minutes or so, and they said, uh, "Okay." They read me my rights, and they said, "We're charging you uh, with mischief under five uh, mischief under charge." Um, okay. And so from there, it was just protocol, and like they processed me and took me. Down down to the to the headquarters so you had no, no nothing from the states from the american side no and that okay. and that was the thing That's before all this is i made sure well i didn't cross in the states so i everything okay. all of my actions were done on canadian side so okay. i made sure like if that tower had have been across the um the boundary line for yeah. us canada yeah. i wouldn't have done this like right. the reality is i had no intent to to create a international feud <laughs> like yeah, of yeah. you know trying to you know do stuff with the stateside that was not my yeah. intent at all in fact and even before that like the tour we weren't planning on touring the states we didn't want to really touch the u.s because it's a totally different market and we we love canada and yeah. i wanted to focus here awesome. and so yeah so that tower was on the canadian side and before that i did seek some legal advice before doing it i just said hypothetically if this was to happen what am i looking at in terms of charges and based on that i was willing 
willing to, at the end of the day, I was willing to face those potential consequences for this. So how long did it take you to get up there? Yeah. You were up there for what? I read three hours? Yeah, I was up there for three and a half hours. And no one fucking noticed? No one noticed. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is where people can, like, and here's the thing. Overall, I'd say I've had 95% positive support on this. I've had literally hundreds of messages from people that have said, that is the sickest fucking thing I've ever seen. And even people that I thought would be very eh, about it um, have been very, pu- like, either public or very open and private mm-hmm. about how dope they thought it was like it's crazy and so um overall though like that's what's so crazy is I was up there for three and a half hours and I think that if anything I exposed something that let's just say the the person that did that had malicious intent Mm -hmm. the three and a half hours on an international crossing of that size you could have done anything in the world to it and so the other crazy thing is like I actually I know Maddie Maroon's story like in terms of his biography and I remember when I moved to Windsor I read about him so the owner of the Ambassador Bridge. Mm-hmm. And I actually have like a soft spot in my heart for everything that he's done and like all the stuff that his family's done in terms of like building the bridge and like how crazy that is. And so at the end of the day, I had no intent of like like making a big issue for Maddie. Yeah. And I know that that's probably very different internally what's going on on their side right. or like with the, with the bridge company. Mm-hmm. Um, But at the end of the day, like, I really respect everything he did. And, I mean, he was one of those – his family was one of those people that did crazy stuff out of the box. And Mm so, I don't know, not to compare this to that, (laughs) but at the same time, it's like they didn't get to own an international bridge crossing by doing – by the book. Right. 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 And so, at the end of the day, I don't know. That's just my perspective on that. So, um, I was prepared if the media had, like, blown up about it. Uh, like at the day of, yeah. I was gonna call Maddie and be like, "Look, you've had, you've taken so much shit from the Canadian side and the U.S. side." I'm like, "I'm," and it, it didn't work out like this, so my plans <laughs> failed. But it was like, "I'm about to give you millions of dollars of media coverage for free. Just spin it and talk about like how security needs to be ramped up because you guys mm-hmm. have had shit support from both sides. They're like, whatever, yeah. you know." And so, anyways, that was my plan if it did get to that, but it didn't even get to that. I walked up and back, and nobody even knew. So were you? like latched in as you were like going no. up <laughs> no and you know what's crazy everyone thinks I'm joking about this I fucking hate heights I my brother will attest to this my dad will attest to this he built houses when we were growing up I couldn't even stand on a two-story roof to bang shingles in I hate it so bad did you like practice climbing anywhere beforehand um so earlier this year we did a trip um my, uh, the guy that partnered in the studio with me, um, and, uh, my ex at the time, and actually it was just the three of us, and, uh, we were in Bangkok, and while we were there, we were like, man, it'd be so sick to, because all the Instagram guys have these sick shots of them hanging off these, uh, Mm -hmm. skyscrapers, so when we were there, uh, we climbed this skyscraper with the help of a local, and we, like, hung off it, so, like, that was my first time doing something like that, and I was like, as much as it was scary, it's, I love, I love adrenaline. Like, mm-hmm. I love adrenaline. Like, bike, like, motorcycles, like, fast cars, um, like, extreme sport. I love that stuff. And so, I just don't like it. Snakes and heights. Hell no. How so, ironic. Yeah, right? So, yeah, if there had been a snake up at the top of the bridge, I would, I would, oh, swan, me. swanny off it. But, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, no, I don't like heights. And the, uh, I was not strapped in. Wow. Yeah. That's... And apparently I'm the first person to make it all the way to the top and back untethered because well, unfortunately most people don't go up there to come back right. down. Right. Right. So, yeah. I want to ask you a little yeah. bit about the sweater that you had on. Oh, yes. And it says narcissist it does. on it. Yes. What was the thought behind that uh, choice? Fuck. Okay. So uh, that <laughs> actually is like quite personal. So we released a single 
You don't have to answer anything I no, ask. No, I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna, okay. I, I will talk about it because it's the album artwork for our single that we okay. released before Crossfire. So the bridge stunt was to promote Crossfire, and earlier in the, uh, two, a week earlier, um, we'd released a single just like real quick um, called "Who We Are," and so "Who We Are" um, and the narcissist sweater um, was based around the artwork for that song, and lyrically, um, it's just it's the idea that um, so I I was married once. Uh, and when we and I have an amazing relationship with my ex, uh, I, I won't talk too much in detail about like her personal stuff, but um, yeah, we're we're on great terms. But the reality was, a lot of people around us uh, basically labeled me as a narcissist, and it was something that like I struggled with for a while of like, am I really that or am I not? And why did I arrive at the conclusions of what I arrived at in separating? And um, you know, like what. The, the patterns and things of my life, like I don't think they really reflect truly a narcissist. I'm ambitious and I love to do things that are, you know, moving towards something that's not normal or average. Like I like to think that I, I, I like to pursue things that are to meet my potential. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but from that, a lot of people and some people who are qualified medically that were close to my ex had labeled me as that. And I didn't agree with it at all. And so part of it was just a play on the fact that I think a lot of people carry narcissistic traits, some of them not being bad in the in, in regards to the ones that are like, you know, um, going to, to be ambitious and, and to do things that are outside of normal mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, persistence through whatever. Like those type of qualities are great. But then the, the narcissism in our society is also very prevalent in the sense that we're very entitled. And mm -hmm. a lot of us carry that, uh, whether consciously or subconsciously. And so part of it was just that idea of just owning it and just being like fuck it you guys think i'm a narcissist and i'm fuck it's it's like that one tree hill show or whatever they she she wrote slut across oh, her thing yeah, and goes yeah, to yeah. school it was kind of the same idea it's like fuck it you guys want to say that i'm gonna climb to the biggest bridge i'm just gonna write it on my chest because at the end of the day i don't believe it mm -hmm. and the people around me that i hold closest to me now um keep me in check and i mm -hmm. i just don't think on that like yeah. I really value people and I really care about people and um, there are definitely things in my past that maybe I wasn't as kind and nice of a person mm -hmm. um, but I think every day is a pursuit to be better and um, yeah that's where that came from yeah and but, I think a lot of people yeah. have you know ev I shouldn't say a lot of people mm. everyone has a fucking past and everyone has air quotes baggage or has you know a scenario that maybe that did they didn't act properly in or whatever right um but I will just say on the record, when I messaged you for the first time on Instagram and you came back with such a genuine um, message back just in, in thanking me for, you know, reaching out and just saying that I liked your music. Every message that you have sent me, which is, you know, a handful of them, yeah. have been so genuine. Mm. And so for anyone that thinks you might be a narcissist, yeah. <laughs> you give really good energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a very positive person, but... At the end of the day, I'm also very driven, and I think some people can mistake that. I think people that have chosen to live a life that's comfortable for them, um, again, uh, and, and everybody's running their own race at the end of the day, and mm -hmm. that's probably something I didn't recognize when I was in my early 20s. Me too. Was, yeah, it was like, well, why aren't they shooting for this? And at the end of the day, some people aren't wired to shoot for that. No. It doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It just means it's their race, and everybody's doing their own thing. You, you live to meet your own potential. Right? Yeah, so. and, we, and we need, you know, this. it sounds weird in a, mm. in a way. Yeah. We need people that 
you know, don't want to do what you're doing. Right. Oh, we need yeah. people to stay in their office and do the job that they're meant to do. Yeah. And, you know, do whatever the fuck you want as long as you're happy. If you're, mm-hmm. you know, climbing the fucking Ambassador mm-hmm. Bridge or, you know, you're just working your nine to five yeah. and you love it, then that's fucking awesome. Because yeah. we need a little bit of everything. I, I used to be like that right. too. Like, why is like not everyone just like grinding? Why is not everyone like going so hard and doing the things that they love? Why are they stuck in these nine to five jobs? And I'm like, right. Oh, yeah, because not everyone needs that. Right. Not everyone wants that. Right. And we as a society collectively need that. <laughs> right. And th- and that, I feel like our generation, too, like millennials, for for just to summarize, that could go a lot of ways. Gen X, Gen Y, Gen yeah, Z, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the reality is, like, we've had that bombarded on us through so when social started to get big, we had that bombarded on us that you got to grind and hustle and whatever. And, like, mm-hmm. I, so I love, like, Gary Vee. I think he's awesome. Too. And so, like, I love now the position he's in because he's, he talks so openly about happiness. And mm-hmm. it's like, at the end of the day, like, you got to answer for your life. And so if you're doing the things that, that you know you want to and have to do because it's your purpose here on earth to do, then you're not going to have those regret years when you're older. And yep. so, but again, uh, that is different for everybody. Yeah, like, for sure. You know, somebody could yeah, be ha- so happy living in a cabin in the woods. That would be me. Yeah. If I could really on, do it. <laughs> I would probably do that too. Honestly, like I have, I'm like a huge introvert. Like that's how I recharge. Uh, I can do the social thing, but like I got to recharge on my own. Can we talk about that yeah. briefly? Only yeah. because I read someone yeah. online today was posting mm. someone who I um, follow on Instagram. We talked a lot. And then I met her for the first time at an event, at an Etsy event. Yeah. And again, when people meet me, I'm very bubbly and like this. And she was the same way. And she yeah. posted today about, you know, uh, what it takes to turn that on. Mm. And like that it may come across that's very easy. And like, yes, you're an outgoing, bubbly person. But what she deals with behind the scenes, you know, leading up to a a networking event or social event of any kind and like Hmm. how that, you know, it takes time and and energy to be on all the time and like what it does to you afterwards or beforehand. And I'm the same way. Like I actually took a video before you came in, which is the first time I've done this for the podcast. I get so nervous. Do you? Like so incredibly nervous, like shaking. I feel like I'm going to vomit. Now I'm good (laughs) because you're here and I'm in the moment. But it's like. It's the thought of, um, you know, this person's followed me on social media. What mm. if I'm not up to their what they thought I was mm. going to be? What if I'm too much or not enough? Or what if I say something wrong on the podcast? What if I fumble? Or, you know, there's all these thoughts. But what people see online is mm. this. It's just, you know, it's a cut together episode. Right. But I think it's important to talk about, like, yeah. that struggle of, like, the behind the scenes of getting to that point. Oh, yeah. How do you deal with, like, recharging? Like, what's yeah. your recharging <clears throat> process like? Yeah, so my recharging process is, like, to just be alone. (laughs) So, like, I will literally, like, uh, I'll just kind of, like, I have, at least right now, the luxury of having a space that is very, like, it's like my dream space. Mm -hmm. And so, excuse me, that allows me the opportunity to recharge in there. It's a space that Ahmad and I both designed to be something that you walk into and you just want to create. And so I find recharging for me is through creative outlets. Mm-hmm. So if I get to do media or if I get to do music um, or just like any type of art, really, mm-hmm. but I, I can't draw for shit, but <laughs> like that type of stuff where I feel like I'm uh, tapping into a creative outlet, mm-hmm. uh, that's how I recharge. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, turning it on is like, it's easy enough, but at the end of the day, it's like, um, it, it's not recharging me. And yeah. those, the creative outlet is the thing that's recharging. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. I'm going to look back at your, <laughs> your um, intake form just briefly. Cool. Yeah. 
you wrote that the biggest obstacles in your life have been anxiety mm. and the pursuit of feeling like I'm meeting my potential. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that, if yeah. you can. Okay, so I used to, like, really struggle with anxiety, and I, I don't know what it is. And I used to I used to be one of those people that, okay, so, like, with, like, oh, I'm gluten intolerant or whatever. When people mm-hmm. say that, like, come on, it's in your head. Or, like, oh, I struggle with anxiety. It's like, come on. like. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, um, when I was in my early 20s, uh, for a period of, like, almost three years, every single morning I would wake up and throw up. Like, it was so bad. I would wake up. And I just have this overwhelming feeling. And I had gone to some specialists. I was like, what the heck is wrong with me? Like, I'd be driving into work. I worked an office job. It was a great job. Um, And I'd be driving in every morning, and I'd pull into a Canadian Tire parking lot. I'd open my door. I'd throw up, close it, and I'd be good. And so it was like every morning, like an overwhelming feeling of like all the things where I just was like failing at. It's really weird because I never thought it was like an actual thing mm-hmm. like I thought people like and I never really recognizes that either mm-hmm. but when I look back on it and now like I don't struggle with I I get nervous for things because mm-hmm. it's like at the end of the day I'm an introvert yeah. um but it's a like dealing with that was recognizing like I think it's just maturing through life and yeah. going and putting yourself out in a million situations like you know uh, I'm from Kingston originally so moving here with nothing and then building something and just all the experiences that come with that of interacting with people and and meeting people across like huge broad ranges of life and social demographics mm-hmm. it helps like all that stuff and so um one thing that I actually is recent that kind of like ties this but not really but uh we've been doing this thing on tour and it's um we've been giving kegs away on yes campuses. yeah 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 and I was telling D, I was like, D, I was like, if anyone ever struggled with like social anxiety or anything, they should all do this. Like go just buy a keg, go to a campus and do a giveaway like that because it's amazing. You get to meet like so many people, you get to interact with people. And it's like, if you ever had like a problem with like where you get worried about interacting with people, it's like, that is like the perfect way to it's do like it. It's like throw yourself right into the center yeah. of it, right? Yeah. Isn't that, that's like a whole like therapy tactic, isn't it? Like do the thing you're most afraid of. Exactly. And like it's supposed to break like whatever you're afraid, break the fear. Yeah. I had this thing and I really want to do it and I've been putting it off. It's just one of the things I just haven't allocated the time to, but I wanted to write down eight things that scare me like terribly. One of, well, I guess one of them counts because I did that tick. Yeah. Check the first box. But uh, (laughs) I want to do this thing for eight weeks, but I want to be consistent with it. So every single week on a Friday, I would do something that is very uncomfortable for me. So for example, like an ice bath would be one Ooh, yes. uh, going to the zoo and holding a snake that would be another one um, doing the heights thing or whatever yep. doing things that are putting yourself in a state of distress mm-hmm. because it, it if they're fearful enough for you or if it's something that like uh, creates a, a certain amount of fear everything else throughout your week is going to feel like nothing mm-hmm. because or if you start I think actually a better idea would be start your week with it so like on the Sunday or the Monday uh-huh. be like go attack that crazy thing and then your whole week just seems like a breeze Because you're just like, I just fucking did this thing. (laughs) And it was like the craziest thing ever. So every call that you get that's like, oh, putting out a fire for work or whatever, Mm -hmm. like you're just going to handle it with a different perspective. Yeah. Because you've conquered like the craziest thing. that. Do you have your your list of eight things? I did write a list of eight things and it was on my old phone. But one, I know three of them for sure. One of them was um, face heights. Did that. Uh, The snake thing for sure was one of them. And the ice bath was definitely another one. Have you ever done a cold shower before? I've done cold showers. I've actually done. um, So (laughs) my dad, this will attest to like how our upbringing was. (laughs) My dad wanted to be the first person in Canada in the new millennium to water ski. 
So okay. on January 1st, he basically, I don't know if that year he had to chop ice to launch the boat, but there were uh, uh, preceding years that he would have to chop ice to launch our boat. And it turned in this big thing on our lake. So like by the end, there was like 100 people that would show up. They'd be skipping skidoos across the thing and everybody would be out wakeboarding. But he did it on uh, January 1st, the year 2000. And he got up, launched our boat, and went in Lake Ontario for a water ski. And so that's the type of, like, person that inspired me through my whole life in terms of, like, yeah, if you got some crazy idea, go for it. Yep, this so, is feeling very full circle. Yeah, I'm yeah. feeling, <laughs> I'm understanding more and you more. You kind of get it now a little bit. <laughs> and he rides motorcycles. He's, like, he's, he's just, he's a really awesome dad. And so... Um, I'm in a position where I, I have like literally no complaints about my childhood. I know that's very different than a lot of people. Um, but yeah, I, I have to be honest in that and say like, I really don't have a, a time in my life where I struggled like that with like having support and, and people around yeah. me that love me. Yeah. So and that's, yeah. that's very lucky. Yeah. <laughs> very, but very it's lucky. also, uh, that being said, it's also a position where if you're, if you're not cautious of it, you can get very comfortable in that. And mm-hmm. so like to put yourself in these, um, uh, situations of discomfort is is tough but I think it's necessary yeah. so like if you have all that support like you still I, you only grow in in distress mm-hmm. typically mm-hmm. Um, I mean you can grow in the positive but like you yeah. usually learn the best lessons in yes. distress lemon soul yeah exactly sweet and sour <laughs> sweet and sour right? so, yeah you gotta have both you gotta have the balance you gotta have so, both yeah I want to talk a little bit more about the music okay, and your cool. band yeah. and like sweet it's been a year since you started 1988 is that right it's been uh, actually only three months <laughs> Three and a half months. Uh, I where did I see a year? I said maybe, and one thing I said it, it's we started in 2019. Okay. Um, right. But yeah, so sorry guys, I was wrong. No, that's okay. <laughs> uh, I I mean I've started writing this. I may oh I wrote Crossfire a year ago. Okay, maybe a I'm like I swear ago. I read something. You probably did. Okay. It might have been regarding the single that it was uh, written a year ago. But okay. we only started tracking the the drums, which are the first in our recording process. The drums go first. Um, and that started in May. So the end okay. of May, we recorded our jump tracks. So, yeah, it was one of those things where we're like, we just want to do something so crazy and just break out onto the... Just be like, hey, we're here, and we're not going anywhere. Yeah. And this is... We're literally willing to risk it all. Literally <laughs> everything. So, yeah, so... Had you done music in the past? Had yeah. you d- had, like, written or sang or played or... Yeah, I studied... I, um, I'm a college dropout. Uh, I went to school in Sydney, Australia. Uh, I grew up in church, so always around music. Um, my parents play. They always had us in piano, and uh, I hated piano because my teacher was horrible. Um, and uh, But, yeah, guitar. I got into guitar in high school, and I loved it. Played drums a little bit. And then uh, in, like, church band and, in, in, like, youth band, we would, like, go around Ontario playing at, like, all these churches and stuff. And so that was a great entry into music. I think anybody that has the luxury of, like, growing up in atmosphere like that is amazing because you get access to all this equipment and, like, um, knowledge of things that most people have to struggle their way through in bar gigs for years to figure out. So, um, yeah, that was really cool. And then I went to school in in, uh, Sydney for um, a music course and I I dropped it after six months (laughs) I was like this this sucks I just want to surf so uh (laughs) (laughs) honestly I was a very different person back when I was 18 19 I was very very uh I was very focused on wanting to do music Mm -hmm. and I invested all my time in that but I was also very naive and and stupid for lack of a better word in terms of how to actually go about putting myself out there so I've probably written 300 songs in my life at Mm -hmm. least probably more than that to be honest with you but no one has ever heard them. And it was They're one of those things where, to. like, I'm going to write them, and then you just don't do anything with it. It's like the naivety of, like, 
the Hollywood actor thing. Oh, I, they're going to see me in a grocery line, and then they're just going to ask me to be signed to a label or come and act in Hollywood. This <laughs> <laughs> is not how it works. That brings Typically. up another interesting point that you posted about on Instagram. Um, was in saying people were um, making comments about you know, you know the music will you know sell itself yeah, and you it's know bullshit. just just make good music and you don't have to climb the bridge to do this and yada yeah. yada and I. I want you to talk a little bit more about that because what you had to yeah. say um, on that topic yeah. is so true. Thanks. I would actually love to talk on that because the most talented, it's its the saddest thing in the world, but, but the most talented people I know, nobody knows about and mm-hmm. nobody gives a fuck about. Mm-hmm. It, that's the reality. Like, it doesn't matter how, it's like the McDonald's concept. They make the shittiest burger but they market the fuck out of it. <laughs> and so it's like, at the end of the day, why do you keep going back? It's, it's not the best for you. It's convenient. It's whatever. But the marketing is amazing. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day, the most talented musicians in the world and the best writers in the world will never be heard. That, I think that's the saddest thing in the world because it's just the state of the world we live in. You know, you have to do things that are outside of the norm to get noticed. And that's just part of it. And so... Um, that that the the idea that when people say that it honestly like it drives me nuts. It's like clearly you're not an artist because yeah, you or like like exactly. It's <laughs> right? like there's like... there's so much more that goes into it, and part of it too is the whole art behind it. It's like you there's a there's a million great songwriters out there. Mm-hmm. I would I would consider myself very very under talented compared to. So like the people I have around me are so much more talented than me when it comes to music, so much more talented than me when it comes to being able to play like uh, well. <laughs> so I know four chords. And so um, but the idea of an artist and the whole concept behind that. And that's why when I did when I thought of 1988, I didn't want it to just be a band in music. Like I wanted it to be like creating a story of like life. And, like, just having all of that seep through. Yep. And so doing crazy stuff, like giving away kegs on campuses and climbing the Ambassador Bridge. And, like, um, there's some other things in Toronto that I'm going to do that yeah. are pretty cool, I Even think. Even just the vlogs, too, that you, that you guys have been posting. Yeah, vlog, like, all of it. Just reflecting, like, just art. And yeah. just, you know, I, I heard this said. I think Tom DeLonge said it. He's one of the best songwriters, I think, in the world. Like, Angels and Arrows is, like, my favorite band ever. And so uh, he said, like, at the end of life, we have this little box, and it's your art box. And he's like, my goal through life is just putting as much into that box as possible. And I was like, fuck, I wish I said that line. I wish I thought of that line because it's so perfect. It's like, I love that. And for a long time, I chased not art. And I realized, like, there's nothing else. And I would rather eat shit for the next however long to make this thing do well mm-hmm. um, than, not, than, than not do it. Yeah. So. Well, I want to yeah. give you an opportunity to give your best piece of advice. Ooh. My... Well, what's, like, what's, what's, your, what's, your, what's your one liner that we're going to quote you for? Oh, uh, my <laughs> best no, piece of advice. No, not too much advice. pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, my best piece of advice is on it. It's so cliche, but, like, what, find what it is that makes you really, really happy. And it's pro- it is the most cliche thing in the world, but it's probably the truest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Do that thing. Yeah. Like the reality is, I you might be really good at something else, or you might like um, that that thing might not even like pay the bills up front or whatever. But don't ever put that thing on a shelf, and because that's I feel like that's why you're here. Like it really is. And so like we live in a in a society that most people aren't chasing those things. And I feel like the world needs those things. And so, I don't know, that would be my biggest advice. Follow your passions and follow what makes you the happiest. So why, here's my question, what 
did it take for you to follow this passion? Because mm. you said you weren't following it yeah. for a period of time prior to. Yeah, um, I had the luxury of in my life of at times ha- having nothing, literally nothing. Like um, when I moved, not, I can't say literally nothing. I had support <laughs> and stuff. But when when uh, when I moved to Windsor, excuse me, um, I had bought a rental property here, and then the company I was with in Kingston. We're going to open an office here, and they decided not to, but I already purchased a house. Um, so I made the decision to still move here and with nothing. And I started a company on a credit card, and I nearly lost our house for like two straight years. Literally, every single day waking up was like, there were times where like, and this is like huge testament to like my ex-wife's wife's character. Like there were times where like $3 fucking Dollarama transactions, we had to return three. I remember this one time I had to return. She called me. She's like, I had to put $3. I couldn't, I had, didn't have $3 in the account across credit cards, checking everything. Like literally we were broke as fuck. And during that time we were starting businesses that we were paying our people very well. Um, and I remember we worked it out. Uh, the two of us combined made $6 an hour for an entire year. Like, averaged out. We made $6 an hour between the two of us, so $3 each an hour. And we were putting in, like, a lot of hours. <laughs> like, the 14, 16-hour days were yeah. legit. And so, um, yeah, it's like, the the thing that, going back to your question, mm-hmm. the thing that was the shift in why I chose to go for music right now um, was that was a tough time. And the whole reason I started a business was so I could focus more on music originally. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never did. <laughs> I literally set it on the back <laughs> shelf and never touched it. Uh, and then um, after a few years, our our businesses started doing well. And at one point, we had everything we could ever want. And like when it came to cars, we had BMWs, Mercedes, a whole bunch of motorcycles and dumb shit that we didn't need. Mm-hmm. And uh, I realized in that moment, I still didn't feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And this is like the only thing that if you'd like had to just lock me in one space forever, this is the one thing that I just love doing. And so the amount of hours I've invested into music over my, I mean, I should be a lot better and more fluent of a player for how many hours I've put in. (laughs) But that being said, I've put in so many hours, literally like the 10,000 hour thing. Fuck, I know I'm, I'm I'm getting very close if not (laughs) the 10,000 hour thing. So, yeah. Well, and a lot of your time has been spent now since Mm. Since the climb, yeah. the climb, the climb has <laughs> it's like Everest. Been, <laughs> the Everest. <laughs> it is like Everest. Kind it's the Canadian, yeah, the Canadian, Canadian Everest. The Canadian version. Mm. Uh, but you've been touring, so yes. you, you climbed the bridge. Yeah. Then you've been on, I imagine every fucking radio station across Canada so far. I have a bad story about that. Oh no, I love bad stories. <laughs> okay, tell the this bad story. This is like. So disheartening, but it had the potential to be incredibly disheartening, but we've been making the best of it um, because things have still been going really good. Um, (laughs) This is so bad. Uh, So when we got to Quebec, that was like our starting spot for the tour. We were finishing up, like putting the last of the logos and stuff on the Jeep. Um, And uh, I went to open up the, uh, the database file for all the radio stops. And when Justin, our recording engineer, was in last, we had to move a bunch of stuff off a hard drive so we could dump the file because his was at his studio. And I, this is so bad. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I deleted the entire database of radio stations. And so from that, it was like, we're still going to do it. We're still going to go and we're going to just either just drop in 
and just hope for the best or just tap into our resources and just call out to anyone who's touched on us already and whatever. So we've been like piecing it back together along the way. And that's the really tough thing about a radio tour is like I have a friend that just came off a radio tour and another that did a radio tour two, um, la- uh, two years ago. And as an independent artist, this is where when people say, going back to the other thing about, oh, just put the music out and things will come. It doesn't because the reality is every decent radio station has maybe three slots mm-hmm. per month that they have room for not only just an artist, but like a Canadian artist. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, you're then fighting all the labels that are trying to pitch an, a, another thousand of their artists to fill those three available spots um, for, for rotation. And so you're competing against everybody. And so the first radio tour you're never, you're not even, it's not even like you're going out to get radio play. You're just right. going to introduce yourself to the industry. Right. And so you're basically just going, you know, doing lunch. It, you treat it like a business mm-hmm. and you go take people out to lunch and, you know, network and whatever. Yep. And so for me, the radio tour, the nice thing is in, in having the, um, I guess the council <laughs> around me of like yeah. being able to draw from people who have already experienced and gone through these things. Um, was that they were all like the secondary component should be the radio tour aspect of it. The primary should be your your media and mm. social and everything else. And I was like, you know what? That's so sick because that's what I was planning on doing anyways with Perfect. the vlog and with the with everything else. So yeah. Um, yeah. So it was an unfortunate event that we wouldn't be doing the campus thing either either if it wasn't for the radio tour database deleting. <laughs> so that is actually a really cool thing because no one else ever has ever done that. <laughs> No one's like gone and like the cool thing is breweries have, have loved it so they've been partnering. Oh, amazing! So, that's awesome. so we oh, that's haven't been awesome. actually like having to we've been having to do the deposit on it. Right, of course. And then uh, they've been they've been awesome because they oh, think it's a sick cool. idea. They're like yeah. you're giving like and it's their their demographic. It's all university right. students, right? Right. So have yeah. you had any pushback with the giving yeah. away of a keg? Uh, yeah. So um, Dalhousie was a university that uh, I, we found out after was a dry university. So oh, fuck students <laughs> there. Yeah, fuck. So students there are like super mellow mm. so like my thing on the I think I ended the one vlog I was like if any parents have a student that goes to Dalhousie you have nothing to worry about because they're all probably nerds <laughs> in the library like doing their thing because they're so D and I had to explain it six different times what a keg was to a group of people okay no I way. promise you and this is the east no coast do you way. think just freaking islanders just like sending it and just like giving her right no so we had to explain six times what a keg was and then this one, well, I'll, I, this will stick with me forever. There was this guy that was coming up. He looked like pretty indie, like kind of hipster. Like he looked like he'd be into music. And I was like, I, was, I had this stupid, obnoxious orange sign that said free keg, ask me how. And so I'm holding it. I'm like, hey man, you interested in a keg? And he looks me like dead in the face. He's like, no, absolutely not. And I was like, Okay. I, I didn't even know how to respond. I was like, uh, okay then. <laughs> it's like, I guess not. But there were multiple times where like that would happen. I thought the ratio would have been like 80-20 in terms yeah. of like maybe 20% weren't interested. It was the opposite. 80% of Dalhousie students were like, ah, oh, no, we don't really care. And like, no, we're not interested at all. Was it just 80-20 at Dalhousie or at other no, places? No, just at Dalhousie. Okay, that makes And so sense. like one that, like, so Queens, my hometown's Kingston. So Queens was awesome, but Queens security is like, lockdown so uh we were there for like 15 minutes 
and uh, it was it was sick because I I got this one photo we like pulled right up in front of like I think it was Stoffer I can't I forget what the name of it is mm-hmm. but it's like their main building uh, and the library is like right there and I pull the jeep up in the middle of this road and I like get out on top of it and we for each campus like I have a shot of myself on the jeep holding yep. the keg up and so we get the shot and then I was like usually I just throw the keg back in the jeep yep. well I like set it like directly like beside the jeep and then we had like that big sign and then we had my dog Nikita. And so she's like this fluffy Samoid, so everybody loves her. And so people were like, like, and they were so like Queens people are so different than they're huge partiers. Yep. So um, (laughs) they were awesome, but within 15 minutes, security came out, and he like came out. He was so nice about it. He was like, I was like, is it the keg? He's like, yeah, it's the keg. And then he was like, basically, you can stay. We can't legally tell you to leave because it's city property. Mm -hmm. But he's like, if you stay here, we have to call the police. And I was like, I don't don't need that at all right now. So (laughs) I just, I drove. So I was like, okay, no worries. Drove slightly off campus. I did. No, I I literally drove and went 50 yards back on the other side of the street. And so I'm there again, there for like another maybe 20 minutes. And then um, they like came back out. (laughs) And so I was like, and I was like, he, he was so nice and he, like I don't know Queen's a different vibe so. yeah oh that's yeah. So I was like do you want I, I offered him I was like what did I say I think I was like do you want I was like uh, do you want the do you want to get entered for the camp or whatever he was like no I was like the administrators would love it yeah I was like, you'd be like the like coolest employee yeah you would and he's like no and I was like well can you at least like go listen to it on Spotify oh my god <laughs> like, or, please or let me promote my music yeah exactly so oh um, my god yeah. so yeah hilarious so all of that like of a negative and that's my whole thing is like you, with something like this, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, that's the thing. I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. And I'm just out doing it. Yep. And so, like, I'm making the decisions along the way. I could literally lose everything or I could win the world. And so, like, at the end of the day, I don't get to decide that. Mm-hmm. People get to decide that. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've really tried to focus on is engaging and, like, being interactive yeah. with people. So. And you're enjoying every step of the fucking way. Yeah. Oh, my it. God. <laughs> I want to talk briefly. You yeah. changed um, the second leg of the tour. Mm-hmm. I yes. I want to talk a little bit about – if you're allowed – I don't know. I mean, you can do your oh, yeah. own um, no, I, uh, release. I mean, this won't be out for two yeah. weeks at least. So. Okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> no. So we um, – originally we were going to do 45 days all the way across Canada. I was very naive, and this it goes to support my previous sentence about five seconds ago, was that I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> so I never, I've always been somebody that values reassessing things. So like, I can get into a, a stage where I'm just like so focused on something and could be destructive in terms of like, by the time I'm done, it doesn't provide any value. I've done that in the past where I've like nearly like bankrupt. And now I try to be a little bit wiser with my decision-making process. Mm-hmm. And the thing for me right now is like Canada is so big and beautiful, but it's so big. <laughs> and so driving from city to city is like, I'm, I have like eight hour downtime. And so with the eight hour downtime, I am not effective in anything. And so what we're realizing in like the, just the stats <laughs> are like 60 to 70% of all of like Canada's real population would mm-hmm. be like, Ontario and Quebec and so we're canceling doing the entire west coast Mm -hmm. um, out to BC Uh, there are still meetings that I have out there so I'm probably just going to fly out to those Um, but I'm not going to take the jeep and the other thing was I picked the most obnoxious vehicle to go across Canada in and the worst fuel mileage ever it gets three guess how I guess I won't say how oh I kind of just did but guess how many (laughs) kilometers it gets to a tank I'm not a car person, so I'm not even gonna know what the answer is. Okay, that. 320, which is absolutely horrible. Most cars probably get like 
550 to 6. Did I read uh, maybe and again maybe I just read something. Did yeah. you sell all of your things to buy this Jeep? Oh yeah, no. So that was a miss <laughs> that was a misquote. Um, okay. I uh so when my um wife and I had split, uh we like liquidated everything except our businesses. And so she has a, a separate business that mm-hmm. operates here in the city. It's it's amazing. Um and I had mine. And so from that, though, um, I didn't bother buying another house. We had some rental properties and stuff, and so we just liquidated everything, and then uh, I had just leased for the last year. And then, um, yeah, I didn't sell everything, um, but I liquidated anything that I was attached to in the sense of, the, if, like, an, like, a physical asset. Okay. So aside from, like, having the businesses, so yeah. I have a couple businesses, and those just cash flow, and, and but... That, that's the other thing. Like, I'm in a u- unique position where I know a lot of people couldn't do this just because of, like, the input I did over the last five years. So it's kind of ironic because I started the businesses, never touched music, but now because of putting in that work yeah. for years, um, I have the luxury of being able to do this without worrying where my next meal is coming from. That's really interesting because yeah. I didn't know that, yeah. and I didn't know that you had um, businesses yeah. that bring you cash flow because, you know, part of – every artist's journey at some point is the what do I do to make money yeah. what do I do to feel my passion yeah can you talk a little bit more ju- yeah. just about like what where do you stand on because you know you're going and doing your dream yeah. and following your dream but at the end of the day and I don't know I have a hard time with this only because being an entrepreneur is so yeah. big right now yeah. and that it's like you know, if you work a job, you know, your, your side hustle isn't yeah. really a thing. You know, it's, yeah, that's it, we're, bullshit. it's glorifying the fact that, like, if you don't only do one thing and that thing yeah. solely, then you're, like, it's not good enough or right. you're not putting enough time into it. And I feel like whether I'm being um, a realist, I don't know. I try and be mostly yeah. optimistic. But at the same time, like, you have to pay for your food. Yeah, of course. You of course. have to live somewhere. Yep. And I had that mindset from the start, like when I was younger, uh, I was like, if you're not giving it a hundred, then it's, you're, you're not giving it a hundred. Like you're you're full of shit. Yeah. And the reality is like, if I had to do it again, it's hard. Hindsight's not 20, it is 2020, but at the same time, it's like, I'm very grateful for my experience where I am right now. So it's hard to say I would do anything different. Really. I don't think I would because I like my position where I'm at in life. I'm happy. And so, um, but that being said, it's like people that think that you have to go all in straight away um if that's what it, your type of person you are then do it because that's true to you mm-hmm. but if you're the person that like will die in the night and go stress through the roof and die at 50 because you've like cataract your or, uh, like cardiac arrested your heart like yeah. that doesn't make any sense like so whatever type of person is you are and your personality type just be true to you yeah. if you're if you're comfortable with risk and you're pretty stress mm-hmm. adverse like go for it and I mean, at the end of the day, like, just, yeah, like, just go for it. But if you're somebody who, like, can't sleep well yeah, when they're in tight, tough situations, then don't. <laughs> like, don't. Just because somebody else told you that's a good idea, don't. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's multiple ways to follow your dream. And if that, you know, means you have a nine to five. Yeah. To be honest, I know a shit ton more, more people than I do that don't have a nine to five that supports yep. their hustle or whatever the kids are calling it these days. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, it's like, you got to think of it from, like, um, like a 
like fiscal responsibility side yeah. of it is like, okay, I have this dream to do something. Usually dreams take capital mm -hmm. to some degree. And if you have a job that's paying you well, those extra hours in the day, it just means you have to work a little bit harder and longer yeah. um, on the back end of it. But now you have capital to support that. Yeah. And so like the reality is I couldn't do what I'm doing right now if I didn't have the capital to support it. Yeah. And so that's a huge component. I, I would be dishonest in saying otherwise. Otherwise. And that's where, like, yeah, I didn't just jump into this with nothing. And I'm yeah. just floating now and hoping for the <laughs> hoping best. Hoping for the best. Yeah, it's trying to be calculated with it. And, like, but the, the, the flip side of that is I have the potential to lose everything. Yeah. So, and just accepting that. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere in so, the middle. Yeah. There's, there's, <laughs> not, there's no, you're not owed anything. And that's the, that's the thing, like, I think one thing with our, the, the kind of entitlement of our kind of generation any generation really is they feel like i put in the work so i'm owed it yeah i put in the work and there's been times where it's returned nothing and there's yep. other times i didn't put in any work and i got a lot more yeah. back yeah exactly. <laughs> so it's like so what gets it's right? just life it's just life you yeah. never know what you're gonna exactly. get exactly yeah. like amongst the lemon you never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> yeah. i don't know if my alarm is not gonna go off. i feel like it's oh no okay. see i do this every time i'm like mm, did i turn my How sound off we got seven minutes seven oh, and cool. a half minutes i mean we don't Sweet. have to stop at seven oh, yeah, minutes no but it'll be there Okay, I just want to look over my yeah, stuff yeah. to see where I want to go, what we want to do. Cool. Oh, man. <clears throat> is there anything that you – I usually ask this at the end. Oh, yeah. But I, is there anything you haven't talked about or something you want to address? Mm. I mean, I don't have, you know, CTV viewers. Yeah. But, you know, you um, know, is there anything you want to talk about that, like, you haven't touched on? Not really. Like, my biggest thing is, like, I want – I like anybody that decides to follow the project or is like interested in like what we're doing mm -hmm. over here uh it's literally i just want to inspire people and like not to get to a point in life where you're like wow i missed it or mm -hmm. I, I mean at any stage in life i don't think anybody's missed it till they've buried but yeah. at the end of the day you can always start no matter what age you're at um but yeah it's just to inspire people and like to be part of something that you know leading by the example of just going for it yeah and again like not knowing that there is no real template for stuff especially in creative fields and a lot of it is just going blindly in a sense and kind of throwing darts at a wall until you find what works yeah. especially in a creative sense mm -hmm. it's different than um than a lot of other business or industry yeah. right so it's mm -hmm. like you know if you're in financial planning there's a very common structure of how you're going to go about that or mm -hmm. you know you're in retail sales you know there's a very direct path in terms of getting numbers back and results yep. whereas when you're in the art field there you can definitely pull from those things but at the same time there's a lot of unknowns and especially if it's an art that's different or the, in expressing it is like no one's done before like mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, again, going back to the bridge thing, it's like no one's ever done that. Yeah. And uh, nobody knew what the results were going to be at the end because there's so many wild cards. Yep. So. So many endless wild cards. Oh, I endless like, wild cards. Go like worst case Ontario, like were you afraid you were going to get shot down? That would be my thought. I'd be like, what if I go up there and they think I'm a terrorist yeah. and they point a gun at my face? Yeah. What do you see the red dot? And right. Like, oh. That's like, the thing. Did you, yeah. Like, do you think of those? <laughs> yeah, that, that was all thoughts of it. My biggest thing was I was very concerned, um, but I had accepted the fact because obviously I did it. Yeah. That I was gonna lose my businesses, mm. and that that wouldn't be. That was something that I was prepared to do. Yeah. Which is crazy, because thinking about it now, I'm, I'm like grateful that things have worked out how they worked out. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like. I was also prepared to, and think, it's kind of like 
yeah, it's like before doing that big moment, and then it's like you look back at it, you're like, oh, wow, like, I was actually prepared to do those things. Like, yeah. It's crazy to think back, but you're like so dead set in the moment and so sure of everything that you're yeah. willing to still take the chance. Yeah. So I want to go back a yeah. little bit. Sure. Because you could very easily, like a lot of people do, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with this, mm-hmm. make your music, mm-hmm. put it out, and just do, go on and do your thing. But yeah. what I heard you say just before this was that like you want to inspire people. Yeah. Why is that important to you? Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like, I feel like our gener like, I don't know. I feel like our, I say our generation a lot because like, well, I named it 1988 because originally I was gonna name it. I didn't want to name it my name, and I'm Are born. Are you born in, in 1988? I'm born in 1988, ah. but it also <laughs> at one point we talked about calling it millennial, but that sounded too much like electronic band. But it's like. People are like that grew up like in similar my age stuff, our age stuff, is like we have so much like bombarded on us, and I feel like to pay tribute to I guess like the life that I've had the opportunity to live in terms of support and like inspiration internally, like in my close knit group of people. Um, I know a lot of people don't get that. And a lot of people are live a life of, oh, I'm not doing enough, or they don't get support, or they don't have, like, a thing to help inspire them and just yeah. feel like, yeah, I got this, and, like, yep. I can do this. And so um, it's funny because people preach that a lot, go and do that thing and whatever, but I find it so interesting. And, and I used to get kind of frustrated with this, and I don't anymore, but I look at, for example, like, on Instagram, we'll say, yep. for, and this, this may be a bad gauge, might not, but... Um, I know a lot of people in the industry of music that since I've launched this, I've known them for years and they've been crickets, literally nothing. And so it's very interesting to look at that. And I think I'm in a mature enough point where like, I don't take it. I could, I I just like, look, they've been busting their ass for years. And uh, even though we haven't really reached any type of like anything at this point, it's still, we've still grown in the sense of Mm -hmm. like, listener base and whatever in a matter of weeks where they've been putting in years and it's like that sucks because that's not like I just there's room for everybody at the same time but it goes back to yeah you don't get to just put music out and do its thing you got to do stuff that's crazy but it's just interesting because a lot of people preach go do your dreams or whatever and then when people do it everyone stands back and it's just waiting for them to fuck up you know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. And yeah. there's a tipping point. It's like once you reach a certain level, then everybody's cheering for you, rooting right. for you. Right. But they're like, it's like, oh, they're going for it and it's uncomfortable to watch or something. I don't know what yeah. it is. It's well, black. there's like a certain there's a certain level, which is a natural human tendency tendency mm. of, of jealousy. And, you know, here that's here nor there. What yeah. I was talking, actually, um, my previous podcast was with Gavin mm. and he was talking kind of along the same lines of, you know, he wasn't in music, but he dealt a lot. He was doing music videos for bands for a long time. And then a band would get on the radio finally. And everyone else was like, oh, you're a sellout. But it's like, we should be more in tune to being like, why don't you message that person and see how they did it, why they did it. Maybe you take them out for lunch. Maybe you ask to open for their next show. You know what I mean? And it, there is that, I don't know if it's, it's, just solely rooted in in jealousy air quotes yeah that's an ugly word to like say yeah no but (laughs) but it's you know you know and maybe people have their own personal issues who knows what's going on but at the end of the day like you said you can't take everything to heart yeah and you have to at a certain point like you were saying you get to a level of maturity where 
you know, you understand other people have their own yeah. issues and you can't let that like weigh heavily on right. you. It's not worth it. Yeah. Because then you're just going to like, that's fucking everywhere, especially in, in a music industry or film industry <laughs> or fucking wherever, you know, they're, yeah. at a certain level, you just have to be like, you have to turn it off and yeah. be like, that, that sucks. But not everyone is gonna have the same yeah. same reaction. For sure, yeah. It was yeah. It was, it was just so interesting to me because I, I remember like, yeah. There was like this one thing where I went to like the local music store here, and I know that the, like they're always liking or like whatever. And then it all always it just like Stopped. I didn't hear from them at all. And then but when I was at the store, they said everything I was doing. They're like, oh, I heard you doing this and that and whatever. They knew all about it, mm-hmm. but there was no support on the back end. And mm-hmm. it was just like. It's just, it, I don't know, I just, I feel bad for that, because, like, you know, I don't know, if somebody's out there doing something, like, just freaking, like, get behind yeah. them and love it. Yeah, like, it's how cool. have you, like, how have you not? felt the sport has been in Windsor? I know you're not from oh, Windsor, yeah. you're from Kingston, but, yeah. I mean, you did your, the, the stunt yeah. in, in Windsor. Windsor's awesome. I, like, have, I hold Windsor in the highest regard. I love this city. Oh, I move, I'm no worries. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, no worries. <laughs> yeah, Windsor has like a very special place in my heart. I moved here when everyone was moving out, and everyone said it was a shitty place to live and move. And why would you do that? And uh, I absolutely love it. And I know that sounds crazy to a lot of people, but um, the support here. Ever since day one, I found support here. Like in terms of like starting a business, like people. Windsor is a very blue collar town mm-hmm. that if you work like, but it has so much potential. If you come here and you work hard, you can do very, very well. There's a lot of blue collar guys that are living white collar lives in the sense of like they busted their ass and I love it. It's such like, it's a worker's town. And I, I love that so much. Like I, th- I like that literally, I like get like teary eyed about that. Cause I love hard work and I love putting in the work and I, I don't think anything lies for free. And so, yeah, Windsor is amazing, but at the same time you have that support and the growth or the, the ability to like feel the support with the growth. And um, yeah, and in regards to the bridge thing, like I said, 90, 98% positive. I've definitely got some messages. I got one the other day that was like, um, just you're a dumb fuck. <laughs> and like, there's a lot, there's like, I wouldn't How say How do lots. you deal with that? Oh, I think it's fine. Okay, so I wish- I would die. I was like, I was like, uh, so on the Windsor Star, so locally, like on the Windsor Star article, there oh, was yeah. 400 and something comments on it. And uh, sorry, there was like 280 and about 200 of those were mine, or uh, to make it for something, the rest were mine. I tried to respond to everybody. And all the ones that were like, oh, the band sucks. I don't know. I've, I've just like, like getting people riled up, I guess, or like just like trolling them. So I'd be like, yeah, I heard the guitarist like a fucking idiot. Like he's oh so God. shit. Like, and if you heard the other song and like whatever, and like, so I would just go on for the negative ones and just be like, oh yeah, they're fucked. Or, or ones that were really bad, like that were like really pretty brutal, like to us or like the band or yeah. like just the, the project. I was like, oh, um, well we plan on like having a ton of shows in 2020. So what's your, D- I'll DM you free tickets to every show. And I was dead serious, but no one took me up on it. No, of course. So of course they didn't. But I don't know. I take it with like a positive spin, like people yeah. that actually take the negative comment, like at the end of the day, if you're that upset about your life that you have to negatively comment about something, but it goes both ways too. You take mm-hmm. the ne- if you don't weight the negative, you can't weight the positive either. Mm-hmm. With that high of regard, interesting. And so, That's I never really thought of it like really? that. Yeah, I don't know. I That's I have smart. been thinking about that a lot because it's like, 
why would you just in life in general why do you weight the positivity so high and then the negativity not or vice versa it's like you either take them both with the same or nothing at all yeah and it's, it's the neutral ego. yeah it's the ego it's your exactly ego working if you're only taking the positive and not the negative exactly interesting and so it kind of just goes back to just running your own race and if you know you're doing what's true to you and what's you know some way benefiting society in some way and contributing to the world we live in um, then just do it yeah. and don't really it doesn't matter what people say at the end of the day <laughs> at the end of the it's day it doesn't say, but like, just go do your shit <laughs> it's true yeah <laughs> I wanna we're gonna wind down to the final questions cool um, what are you most grateful for mm. I'm most grateful for having a uh, life that uh, always inspired me like I was always around things that inspired me and people that um love and support me at the end of the day I when I was again in my late teens early 20s I didn't really care much about people Mm -hmm. in the sense of like I didn't value that because I took it for granted Mm -hmm. and uh, at the end of the day we're only like we're we're humans we're here to connect Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so um, that's what I'm most grateful for is the opportunity to like share with people and like just be a human. Just be a human? Yeah, yeah. be a human. <laughs> I so, love it. Yeah, I love it. That, that would be it, for sure. Okay, we're going to do something new. All right. It's a new thing. Cool. I'm, I'm excited. Bam. I have eight pages all right. of questions. Oh, holy. We're going to do all three. No, we're not Holy. Doing <laughs> we're going to rapid fire some stuff rapid here fire. or what? Oh, shit. I want you all to right. give me a number yep. from one to 365. Oh, One to 365. Cool. And then this I'll flip cool. through this page and see what the fuck I'm going to ask you. I, I like know. this. Okay. Some of them are really deep and some of them are surface level, so we'll see what we get. All right. So I just give you a number? Yeah, give me a number. Seven. It's my favorite Oh, that's on the first page. All right. right. Do you ask enough questions or do you settle for what you know? Hmm. It depends. Uh, It's very easy staying comfortable in what you know, but I think it's good to keep an open mind. And something like growing up in church, you're kind of taught to take everything at surface value. Mm. If you question stuff, it's not good. Uh, and so getting kind of out of that and removed and a little bit more open-minded, I think it's great. If, if you can't ask a question and your, your platform doesn't, like your foundation doesn't stand, probably a good indication you need to like think, maybe change it yeah. <laughs> or like get some more information on it so yeah. you can be solid. Ask more questions. Yeah, that's most really rapid fire on my end, but. No, that's okay. <laughs> no, so, no, they're not, it's not meant to be oh, rapid okay, okay, fire. Cool. You're good, you're good, All you're right. good. In the spirit of asking more mm. questions, give me another. another All number. right, 120. Ooh. 120. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what can money not buy? Ooh. See, I'm of the thing that, like, I I think, it, I forget who said it, but uh, you never see anybody unhappy on a jet ski. So I think money does buy a lot of happiness. I forget who said it, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's like, at the end of the day, but money uh, doesn't buy authenticity. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, mic drop. Mic drop. That was Boom. Should have ended with that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's true. It's very true. That's yeah. very, very true. We'll do one more of these, and then I have a, the final, final Dope. Question. All right. Let's do 88. 88. Yep. Ooh, all right. All Let's right. see if you can do these rapid fire. Actually, this is going to be hard, hard right. to do Okay. <laughs> all right. What are your top five personal values? Ooh, top five personal values. Okay, uh, respect. Um, oh man, this is hard. It's, it's, that's, I know. I was like, rapid fire. That was like, mm, dang. That's because um, I don't think they'd be. An, it's, uh, I'm thinking of trying to categorize them in order, but um, just, yeah. respect, um, honesty, like just being able to like be honest even when it's not when it's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh man. Uh, 
trust, like honesty and trust, I guess they'd kind of be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, man, you can take your time because Talk. I can just cut out the yeah, space these, in between okay, and then <laughs> it'll be like you did a rapid fire. Yeah. All right. Sick. Um, <laughs> I think like loyalty for sure. Um, and communication. Mm-hmm. I, I sound like a, like a, uh, relationship therapist. <laughs> but yeah. So honesty Loyalty, uh, trust, trust, yeah, trust and honesty, but respect. That was the oh, respect was the first one. The first one, and then, um, huh, top, like authenticity, I guess. But uh, all those go hand in hand. Hand in hand, yeah. Like they're all, they're all, and if you have authenticity and respect, you're gonna. If you don't have respect, you're gonna be authentic. You're gonna. They, I don't know. They're all interconnected. All in there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, I could say like love and whatever, but that's too encompassing. So I was trying to narrow it down. Narrow it down. No, that was good. That was good. All right, you ready for the last question? Oh yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. This is relatively new, but (laughs) not completely new. My goal is to have an artist draw these eventually one day. Oh, sick. And if they could do one every podcast, it'd be dope. Cool. If there was a photograph of your life, yeah. what would it look like? Who? <laughs> it would probably look like, uh, who's the artist that has the abstract stuff? Oh, Michael uh, Pollock? <laughs> Not Michael. Um, oh. oh, what the heck's his name? I, I'm That's the only one I, I can know, think like, of. That's the only one I can think of. Pollock? <laughs> it would be Someone's a lot be like, of, it would be Pollock? like a like a maze that had a lot of um, re- map rerouting <laughs> it would look like google maps but like you went to 80 different places that's what it would probably look like because i'm very good at getting into something giving it a hundred and this is something i recognize about myself and um I, I get into something give it a hundred and then i like obtain a slight level of like success i guess with it and then it's like hard for me to continue on and the only consistency in all that has ever been music of the thing mm-hmm. that like i've always just fallen back on every time yep and so yeah I would think it would look like a Google map. <laughs> Google map Google with a map lot of, with lot lot of, of directions. <laughs> yeah, a lot of turns. In awesome. Dope. Yeah. Dope. Cool. So. All right. Where can people find you? Send people to your page. Link Sick. up. Spotify, whatever you got. So Spotify, uh, you search 1988, and the single that we just released is called Crossfire. And we are releasing another single called Hurricane, which I am most excited about. Uh, it will be up uh, in the middle of October. So we have a tentative release date of October 10th. And then for Instagram, you can find us at at 1988music um, because somebody who owns at 1988 is a photographer and can get it. (laughs) uh, And then YouTube uh, at 1988music as well. Um, Been trying to be like pretty interactive. If you guys ever, by the way, anybody who's listening to this, if you ever message, I promise I will message you back. I've messaged every single person back. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Why is that important to you? Why? Yeah. Because if I don't have, why would I do this? Like, I don't have any reason to do this if it isn't for them. And at the end of the day, the small handful of people that follow us now are the platform to build everything else off of. So, like, we're doing crazy stuff. Like, we're giving away guitars. We're giving away kegs. I'm giving away the Narcissist sweatshirt eventually when we hit a 1,000. So, I'm going to give that thing away. Um, but, yeah, I just, I want it to be interactive. I want to see everybody who follows uh, us on a platform, I want to see you at shows. And so we're building this up. We're going to be here for a long time. And I'm giving this my whole heart. So Fuck go follow yeah. us. <laughs> go follow. We nailed it. Yes. That was so it. good. You're awesome. Oh. You're awesome. Oh. You're awesome. Oh. You're awesome. Oh. You're awesome. Guys, I am just so incredibly happy with the podcast with Luke. 
His energy is so contagious and his positive uh, outlook on life is is really inspiring. And I hope you guys go follow his music and go give him a follow on Instagram and check out his music on Spotify and on YouTube. He is so genuine and it means so much to me to have people come in the studio to share their story, take time out of their day to share with you guys Guys, I am so incredibly stoked on that episode with Luke. Conversation was just easy and genuine and honest. And I'm super happy to have him come in and tell his story from his perspective. And uh, not only talk about, yes, obviously he climbed the Ambassador Bridge, but to talk about his music and to talk about um, his his life and what and why he lives the way he does. And he was so honest and so vulnerable with me. And I'm just so grateful to have people like Luke come in the studio and share their story, not only with me, but with you guys. And, uh, you know, please go check out his music, 1988 Music, on Instagram, on YouTube, on Spotify. Support local, support Windsor, and support a guy with wild-ass dreams.